welcome to the Great Game Debate Podcast, where friends come together to respectfully disagree about games with love and reverence, and maybe a little bit of mockery. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Caden Barthelaine. We're having a little bit of a cozy, intimate podcast this week. It's just me, Jonah, and our special guests, and Steven and Mateo, both out this week for various reasons. I uh, hope to see you guys back soon. Uh, Jonah, how are you doing this week? I'm doing great. I've got mm-hmm. a little side project that I'm working on. Um, my wife has been an excellent like computer whiz helping me design not only a brand new link tree for just like our platform but also helping me create business cards i'm just getting stuff ready for wow. mvp kirian yeah and uh, getting ready for uh pax west so i need business cards so i'm getting those created and she's been working tirelessly all day on it and She's like, oh, you want me to Marry do that? Marry her for a reason. <laughs> and she's like, you want me to, you want me to like handle that for you? I was like, yeah, sure, go ahead. And she's like, okay, I created you guys a TikTok account. I created you this, this, uh, this, this, this. Her, I was like, you, you said you were gonna help me design a business card. And she's like, well, I just created a whole link tree and created all these social profiles for you. We're all, uh, you're all set. And oh, the link she tree an official looks... member of the podcast <laughs> yeah. at this point. <laughs> Community manager is my wife, I yeah. guess. <laughs> awesome. Um, so she did all that. Um, so I guess if you look in the description, uh, there will be a link tree for you to have access to all of our stuff. And uh, on that note, we also have our brand new Patreon, The Great Game Debate. No, yeah, it's just The Great Game Debate. And mm-hmm. I want to thank one dan geesland for supporting us we got our first patron shout out to dan shout out dan thanks buddy awesome and our special guest this week is none other than wout aka the hashtagonist of playstack games how you doing yay i'm back baby that's right (laughs) (laughs) we were just talking about it before recording but you know we just wanted to give you a big shout out because last time you were on our show uh we asked you and you delivered to us a very helpful uh what do they call it um constructive yeah constructive feedback and you know we drastically changed the format of our show and it's been that way ever since so we really appreciate it thanks so much for coming back on yeah it's my pleasure i also want to say like i love how you we like for the listeners we were just pre-chatting before the record and as soon as this dude hits record he goes like and this is my podcast voice (laughs) it's like so good (laughs) It's so smooth. Unbelievable. <laughs> well, everyone, I uh, hoped you stopped by the Star Rail on your way in and picked up your space baseball bat because I it's not for the icebreaker. <laughs> All right. Uh, our uh, icebreaker question comes in this week from uh, a certain friend of the show you may be familiar with, our old buddy Wesley Bates. Shout out. Uh, his question this week is... You can permanently change one thing about the following video game character. Uh, explain what thing you are changing about this character forever and why. Um, we have chosen this week, uh, very topically, the character Link from Legend of Zelda. Mm. Uh, Jonah, you're a big Zelda fan. Anything you change forever about Link that you uh, think Nintendo's uh, sleeping I, on? I was just, uh, before we get to that, I've got two things. First, you said space baseball bat, and you missed mm-hmm. space ball bat. 
So Spaceball bad. Oh. Spaceball bad. <laughs> so there's that. And then second, I, I, I'm i going to switch to a different Nintendo character. I think they should have uh, a new voice actor for Mario. And how do you like the idea of Chris Pratt? You know, it's it's a wild choice, but I think it could maybe work. Yeah, I, I might pull it off. Let's yeah, see what he can do. Yeah, let's get him in the VO booth. See what happens. Ah, <laughs> uh, for Link. See, I've been I've been playing Tears of the Kingdom, and while there yeah. is a, like a lot more story, don't worry, there's not going to be any spoilers or anything. There's a lot of VO, and I've always wanted there to kind of be mm, that voice yeah. for Link. I think that would be interesting. But at the same time, I just want there to be more voiceover lines. Like, they'll do, like, 10-second snippets of, like, a character talking. And then it just goes back into to text for, like, their whole thing. But, like, I feel like every yeah. time you're interacting with that character, they should have just, like, voiced all those lines. Granted, right. I don't make games. I don't know how expensive yeah. that's going to be or how much that would, like, be just to put in the game. But hearing the hearing the voices come out of those characters is so awesome, mm-hmm. and uh, I think I think yeah, you need so to you get someone give... like Danny DeVito to do voice Link's voice. Yeah, because he's a short king. They're always <laughs> making fun of how short he is in the game. So yeah, uh, what about you, out? Well, if they give Link a voice, they should use Paimon's voice from Genshin Impact. <laughs> like literally everybody, yeah. that would be so funny. That would be so funny. No, my my big change for for Link in this character is uh, I grew up because I'm old man with the original the, the first Zelda. And you start off with the green Link, and then you get the silver suit, and then you get the red suit, and the red suit is the coolest, especially when you're like eight years old. So I think all promotional art should go back to Link with the red suit instead, like his ultimate form is just a red pointy head. Yeah. Of the green one. That would be my like just get him power leveled from the start because why does he have to start in his <laughs> weak green suit all the time when he can I mean yeah. wow in Tears of the Kingdom when you get like when you like the first item or like armor that you could buy is like the Hylian tunic it is red it's not that yeah. red yeah, it, it got that but yeah red. I was gonna say they rebranded him with a blue champion's tunic yeah. at the launch of the Switch which is all red branded they, they should have just made it red yeah, yeah maybe so. it's the next step maybe it's Switch 2 then but you, red. you yeah. can get the red, red Switch t-shirt in Breath of the Wild <laughs> yeah, I remember that <laughs> Breath of the Wild yeah that was the whole thing man. yeah well, I was thinking the one thing I'd probably change is like they've made a big deal in Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom about how much Link seems to love food and cooking. He's just cooking all the time. Like he's always making little happy dances and humming classic Zelda tunes while he's cooking. Wouldn't it be great if they went like God of War Ragnarok Thor style and just made him like, you know, like a big boy? He's got like the belly. <laughs> Just like that's what I'm talking about. That'd be pretty sweet. <laughs> like every time you eat past your hearts, you just oh, get yeah, bigger. Oh yeah, there you go. We just do the the fable thing. Remember a fable, or you could get fat if you just keep eating pies, 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 yeah. and pies. Let's do that again. Celery to lose weight. Yeah, awesome. That was so weird. All right, one so... everywhere, but only lose weight when you eat one celery stick. Wait a second. Did we just turn Link into Santa Claus? Yeah. The, belly, the, the red, red suit, suit big talks. <laughs> Okay, hear me out though. So you remember that that old 3DS game, um, Cooking Mama? What if we had a Cooking Mama version, but it was just Link, and you're sitting there chopping yeah. the vegetables, all the mushrooms because mm. there's so many mushrooms. Hyrule in Mama. This game. Hyrule Mama. <laughs> yeah. It works. 
It sells a million copies. <laughs> yeah, I'd buy it. I'd buy it. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, well, before we get into uh, the debate, wow, uh, we do like to usually have just a short little interview uh, with the guests we have on. Uh, I know you recently had a big change moving over to PlayStack Games, who listeners probably most recently know from our case of the Golden Idol, which mm-hmm. is like one of those critically acclaimed games of last year. Um, I was wondering if you, I guess, take the question as you will, but uh, if you could talk a little bit about what it's like working like on the PR publisher side, I think yeah. they're, they're probably kind of like the unsung heroes of, yeah. you know, video games. Yeah. And the unsung heroes, <laughs> and sometimes people assume that the publisher is, is the fault of everything. When yeah. Goes on, yeah. Right? Uh, but no, it's been great. It's been such a, a cool shift to go from like purely PR at an agency where you work with like 10, 12 clients a year, uh, launch many, many games, but you're only touching the game like at the last possible moment. Mm. Like it's when it's key, but it's reveal, you only get to touch it uh, every now and then. So at the publisher, I'm responsible for the whole thing. Um, even from pre-discovery phase where we just oh, assess sure. a bunch of games saying, oh, this is a cool game, <laughs> this is a cool game, this is something we should invest in. For the marketing side, this is something we should help on uh, from more of a productional side. So I get to like, look into that part as well which is super cool and you get more closely involved with with the developers and and all those uh, kinds of um decisions decision making along the way mm-hmm. um, like i said with, with um at the agency you get the project at a state x and it could be like we already announced it we had a kickstarter and now we just need people to start talking about it but now i can plan this out completely um like what we my favorite part was for um case of the golden idol we had the um, Fighter of Lanka DLC coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I said, well, usually at an agency level, I would know this is coming. I would create a press release and then that's it. But now I could do a whole strategy where I sent like three teaser images to three groups of different people. And like if they only if they would put the three images together, they, it would spell a date on nice. something <laughs> happen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, so that went really well. Uh, but that is stuff I can now sit down with and think about. That sounds like a lot of fun, yeah. That is great, because it's just the one game I have to focus on for like a month instead of having to divide my creative attention over several projects. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's great. I've been having having a great time. It's only been three months, but it feels like a year. Because I've worked with this client uh, when I was still at Evolve for like four Mm -hmm. years. And then they stole me. I hope my boss is listening. (laughs) But yeah, it's been great. It's a a lot of fun. And I think... um, going there i thought i knew a lot already about how games work yeah mm-hmm. there are two weeks i was like i did not know this at all like <laughs> i did not know how difficult it is for example to just get a trailer on the nintendo eShop. right there's yeah. a whole process for that that you have to with milestones and whatever like man nobody tells you that when you're just playing games or just doing your job elsewhere. Yeah. So it's very, very, very interesting. Yeah, it's a, a lot to learn. And every time I think I'm smart, then I talk to my coworkers <laughs> doing this for longer than I'm like, oh, maybe I'm not so smart. <laughs> well, that's awesome. And I'm glad it sounds like it's been a good change for you. You get to be more yeah, creative. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, Jenna, do you have uh, any specific questions for a while before we move on? No, I was just uh, like, uh, are there uh, like a couple titles or anything that you're at? uh able to talk about um that yeah yeah so 
Yeah, well, we, we like I said, we just launched um, Spider-Lunk DLC for the Case of the Golden Idol, and we just moved it to Switch last week, uh, which is great because uh, a lot of people wanted to play this but didn't want to play it on PC, so having that console audience uh, in now is, yeah, is very definitely. cool. Uh, it, it's a crazy period to launch any game. Like, we're, we're still yeah. playing with, with Zelda yeah. every day, right? Because it's just time that people mm-hmm. spend on mm-hmm. playing X over Y. Um, and one of the games I'm super excited about, is, and I'm going to shill for this at the end of the podcast as well, but it's okay. Axolotl. It's like oh, Axolotl. Yeah. It's such a Yeah, cool the trailer game. for that looks great. Yeah, like, and the trailer did mad numbers. Um, it was on the Future Game Show. Yeah, it's just such and a silly like viral concept. It's perfect. It's great. It's yeah. so great. And then PlayStation uh, took notice because on their YouTube channel, it did over like 600,000 views. And wow. to me, like, I am still a little boy. I'm a mm-hmm. weird little guy. So when I get an email from Shu Yoshida saying, hey, this game looks really cool. Like, it, uh, it did great on our, um, our website. Like, uh, hope everything goes well. That's wild to me still. Yeah, no, and, like, that's insane. Um, and then all of a sudden, I forget that. Oh, no, wait, wait. This is my job. This is, uh, this is, <laughs> yes, thank you. It was very good. Thank you. <laughs> Instead uh, of freaking out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that is so uh, cool. That's cool. But it, like, it, I'll, I'll talk a little more about Axolotl uh, later because uh, there's a demo Perfect. out and I think everyone should play it. Ooh, cool. Yeah, well, thanks for sharing with us. I'll turn things over to Jonah for the debate. Welcome back to the debate. We have a map debate kind of today. We've Ooh. got Caden representing open world versus Wout representing tight sandboxes. Now, yes. you might be curious as to what tight sandboxes or what the difference is between these two, but I'm sure we will get we'll find to out. the oh, yeah. bottom yeah. of it yes. in this debate. <laughs> With each contestant having a two-minute opener, two-minute rebuttal, and a two-minute closing thought, Wow. You are our guest. Would you like to open or close the debate today? I'll start. I'll start. All right. Yes. You've got two minutes on the clock today. Two minutes right. on the clock. Uh, listeners, I just want to let you know, since it is just three of us, we will not be having an assist trophy. So, sorry. You got mm-hmm. two minutes on the clock. <laughs> Three, two, one, debate. Okay. So, here's the thing. What I feel is better about a tight sandbox. And if you don't know what I mean about the tight sandbox is, picture Skyrim, which has like a lot of land mass, a lot of caves, a lot of things to discover, versus like a world in Dragon's Dogma to pick a random game, which is also a (laughs) big world, but nothing is procedurally generated. It is all a designed place. So there is a cave, but the cave is there for a reason. There are, uh, there's a mine, the mine is there for a reason. There's paths in between. Um, so it feels like an open world, but it is, everything is very intentional. And this is what I prefer about that. If I play a game, I want to live in a world that is alive. If I play Dragon's Dogma and I find a bandit camp and I see bandits around there, because their camp is there and I see traffic going back and forth there. That feels like this world makes sense. For other people 
who might like a Skyrim world where you have like 17,000 ice caves with seven droggers and an old salad at the end, <laughs> why is that there? Why am I the first person in this world to set foot in this cave to get the treasure? I don't understand why that doesn't make people feel a little weird. If I know I am the main character in these games, seconds. am I also the only character that does anything? And that's what I don't like about these huge open worlds with a lot of generated content in there. It feels removed from a world that is alive. If I in Dragon's Dharma go to the caverns, there's a meeting there because it's secluded. So people meet there in secret and that's why I am there. That's why there is stuff that I can find there because people left that instead of like, this is just a cave for an epic sword. Times 10. Times 10. I, I love that times 10. <laughs> that does feel like Skyrim, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, Caden. You got two minutes on the clock for your opening thoughts. Three, two, one, debate. All right, I'm sure we're all familiar with the meme of, like, the fake consultant guy in the brown suit with the crazy hair who's like, Aliens, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> uh, that's me, but I'm saying towers. <laughs> uh, dude, as a tower enthusiast, let me tell you, there is no better genre out there in video games other than the open world. Uh, you just get to admire the majestic majesty, uh, the firmness, hardness, and erectness and height of the towers. Sometimes you get to crawl up and slide down the outside of the towers. Sometimes, like in the new Zelda game, you actually get to go inside the shaft of the tower and get shot at high speed out the top of the tower. It's just incredible. Sometimes there's, like, bells of hay at the bottoms of the towers, and you get to, like, you know, uh, gracefully dive off into uh, the gravity-defying uh, wagon full of hay um, instead of breaking your back. Uh, sometimes there's a lake under the tower and you get to like make a big like splash of white foam when you like hit the surface of the water after jumping out of the tower. Um, sometimes the towers get creative. Sometimes, sometimes the towers are giant robot giraffes, you know, and it's just, it's great. I mean, uh, I, I think for now I'll see the rest of my time. I mean, I don't know how you can, how you can beat towers. Kaden, you, 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 you know we're having uh, open world versus. I mean, I don't remember seeing any towers in Dragon's Dogma. So correct me if I'm wrong. Blue Moon Tower, baby. We'll talk Dang about it. it right now. All right. Well, you got two minutes on the clock for your rebuttal. Three, two, one, debate. Well, as Jonah pointed out, you are just a tower enthusiast instead of an open world enthusiast. But ask yourself this. Why are these towers there? The only reason these towers exist is for you to climb them to get that little dopamine drip of seeing the fog of war disappear. There is no context to these towers. It is a video game to-do list. While, for example, in Dragon's Dogma, the best sandbox in the world, obviously, <laughs> there is also a tower. And you know what happens at that tower? An epic fight at the end of it with a griffin. But the best part about that is, as soon as I come over the hill and I see Grand Soren, in the distance I see this tower and I know I can go there later. And it's not just a checkpoint of the map, it is an, in an invite to me as a player to discover that. If I spend my whole time 
just walking from tower to tower, then the gameplay is the tower unlocking game. Like, all they have to do is put a little, a little bit of little dudes with guns there and it's a tower defense game all of a sudden. <laughs> like, why would I spend my time there when I, there is a lore to discover, when there is epic fights to be had, and all you want to do is just climb at a tower and then jump off it? Like, why not jump off a cliff? That is way more in, in Dragon's Dogma. You can throw your pawns off a cliff. That is so much more fun than climbing in a tower just for the sake of climbing in a tower. I mean, if you're such a tower enthusiast, go to Paris. There's one there. You can see the whole thing. Is that an open world or is it a sandbox? I don't know anymore, man. I just think you should play a real game every now and then and enjoy well-designed sandbox beauty. And that's the end of my time. All right, leaving 15 seconds on the clock. My oh. strategy has worked. I derailed his argument into talking about towers. <laughs> uh, if that if that benefits you, sure. All part of the plan, baby. All right, Caden, you've got two minutes on the clock to tower, tower, tower. Three, two, one, tower. All right. Um, here's my problem with sandboxes. I don't like sand. It's coarse, rough, and irritating. It gets everywhere. Not like in an open world game. In open world games, everything is soft and smooth. Just like the tower. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else is soft and smooth in an open world game? The tall grass. I'm sure there's plenty of grass in open world. No, not open world. Uh, open zone tight sandbox games like Dragon's Dogma, but... It's just there to look good. It's just there to like increase your immersion and the believability of the environment. But you know what it doesn't do? It doesn't allow you to crouch inside of it and cause enemies to suddenly just not be able to see you anymore. Even if it's bright green grass and you happen to be like an adult woman with like extremely long uh, voluminous red bright hair that would contrast very easily against the grass. But you can pick any open world game out there you want. There's gonna be tall grass and you're going to be able to turn invisible by crouching inside of it. And that's just not something that's offered by tight sandbox games like Dragon's Dogma, okay? Um, what else can I say about sandboxes? Um, I'm not a fan of, like, how consistent, like, the quality is in, like, tight sandboxes. It's like, when you're in an open world game, there's all of this, like, wildly fluctuating, like, level of detail, and you, it just keeps you, like, interested and excited, you know? Because, like, every, like, 30, 30 seconds or so, like, the the models, like, might pop in and suddenly have more detail and, like, more polygons than they did a second ago, and it's very exciting. You don't, you don't see that in the sandbox <laughs> games. Uh, for now, I'll see the rest of my time. Leaving 10 seconds on the clock. Very nice. I don't understand how that was part of a rebuttal but <clears throat> you know what we'll roll with it uh wow we're going into round three you've got two minutes on the clock for your closing thoughts three two one debate well i think your obsession with tall grass and hiding in it exposes a big flaw in your whole debate strategy first of all take the best known open world game skyrim there ain't even grass in Skyrim. It's all ice and rocks. Damn it. <laughs> Why? Why do I need to go into the Skyrim world and go into a cave if I cannot even find grass? Like, a real designer would have put some grass in that cave to hide in, like you can do in a sandbox. But no, everybody has to generate new stuff. They think 
quantity over quality, which is just, we all know how this is so not true. But if you want some grass, I'm, I will let you know this. The grass in Dragon's Dogma has been modeled after a nice little row in, I think it's Wills that they went to to get a good look at the countryside. And you cannot tell me that Wills does not have the best long grass to hide in in the world. I think if you look at Google images and you type in Wills grass, you will be amazed about how good that grass looks. And I think if you look at it, you would want to hide in it. Try finding that in Skyrim. Try Googling Skyrim grass and see what kind of shit grass <laughs> you can find. And that's, I think I'm going to close on that. Will's grass will beat out Skyrim grass any day of the week. So sandbox for life. All right. Leaving 30 seconds on the clock. I was not prepared for this debate today. <laughs> <laughs> I looked up the Will's grass. It's pretty damn tall. All right, Caden, you've got... <clears throat> Two minutes on the clock for your closing thoughts. Let's close this thing out. Okay. Um, I'd like to touch on a topic that uh, Wild pointed out as a failing of open world games like Skyrim, how you may go through the uh, same cave, find the same old salad on the same old skeleton at the end of it. But um, one thing I think that open world games offer over sandboxes is the fantasy of the feeling of exploration and discovery. It's it's not about the old salad that's been generated by an AI program to populate the dungeon at the end of the dungeon. It's about the journey of finding the cave, uh, exploring the interior of the cave, and eventually finding that old salad at the end of it. it, it it's about the, like the, it gives, it, it could be anything. It could be an old salad. It could be a cheese wheel. It could be a cinnamon roll. Like it, it, it's enhanced. It's infused with value due to the memories of the journey you took to get there. And, and in an open world game, there, there's just practically an infinite amount of cheese wheels and old salads that you can find to have memories of that you can then share with your friends. It's, it's about the emergent stories surrounding the cheese wheels and cinnamon rolls in the games than the carefully crafted stories that the developer wants. They're, they're forcing you to experience. But you don't have the freedom in a game like Dragon's Dogma to craft your own stories about cheese wheels. It just doesn't happen, you know? Um, yeah, 30 seconds. <laughs> uh lastly um kind of bouncing off of that point is just uh no one no one really cares about the main quest you know uh <laughs> in games like dragon's dog the main quest I, I don't i can't remember what happened to that game because i don't know if it was the translation team or what but it, it was kind of hard to follow and in an open world game you make you make your own main quest Time. so there you go. <laughs> so it's really a debate about towers and dragons dogma. Yeah. So. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Caden thinks that Hestu's gift is worth it. Yeah. Let's think about the vast quantity of hours you spent on the journey creating memories to get Hestu's gift. So there you go. Alright. Well, I, I guess as the sole judge today, I'm yeah. uh <laughs> I, I get. To I decide. forgot we were being judged out of the gun. <laughs> we're gonna move on. <laughs> Honestly, didn't you, you brought the comedy it's the towers, right? You you brought the you brought the comedy gold today, and I really I really appreciate that. But 
damn, is Wout like the perfect straight man? <laughs> and you're you just taking me back, holding my hand as we're walking down the dirt road with the whale's grass blowing in the side, holding my hand, protecting me from the bandits, and letting me uh, relive Dragon's Dogma once again. My points, my points going to wow. privilege. Yes, privilege. Yes. With one judge, you cannot lose as the guest. All right. Well, I'll go back to shoot myself out of tall towers uh, over in Zelda. Well, maybe so you'll find some you cheese on the way down, bro. <laughs> yeah, I probably could like drop a piece of cheese while falling to the yeah. sky and the sky to have and grab yeah. it back out of the air. All right. So real, easy. real quick though. Actually, yeah. I do want to try that now. Will stop yeah. launch out of the tower if you drop yeah. it before you go. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Have you been falling in Tears of the Kingdom and then a star fragment starts to fall right next oh, yeah. to you? Oh, my yeah. God. It's it's so good because you just hear like the sparkle and then you mm -hmm. see a shooting star pass you. And, and you're like, I don't care what the hell I was doing. It's second fiddle now. I'm getting the star fragment. <laughs> yes. So. so good. Is that something they borrowed from Animal Crossing where you see that happen? Or is it Zelda-specific? <laughs> Animal Crossing wishes it was Zelda. Yeah. Um, all right. With Wout being the winner on the show, we'll go on to our yes. last <laughs> our last week's debate, which I need to pull up my notes, which was Steven representing the Nintendo Switch versus Jill Grote representing the Xbox versus Mateo representing the Steam Deck. Apparently. <laughs> In the context of best modern platform to play indies on. Losing by two points was the Steam Deck. Okay. And then losing by three points was Xbox. Steven, you're not here, hey, but you won. Congratulations, Steven. I love that you had Jill on. She's so lovely. My uh, goodness. Yeah, I know. Great. We loved Jill. Yeah. Incredible. All right. Well, uh, that was people just uh, voting with their gut and probably not listening to Jill's incredible points. Oh, yeah, no. But, Jill killed it yeah. last week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and with that, we'll move on. All right. Uh, we are back. Normally, we move on to our pitch segment, but we're having a surprise... Uh, hype segment because we just can't not talk about Dragon's Dogma 2 when we have Wow the Hashtagnist on the show. As you can tell from the debate, he's Dragon Dogma's number one fan. Yes. I'll just kind of give you the floor. Wow, just start talking about Dragon's Dogma 2 yeah. because I'm sure you got some tape. Maybe, maybe I'll let you guys have some words into it. <laughs> yeah. um, but first of all, first of all, it was very funny to me because I was watching the show live, right? Uh, just like most people. And I think just before Dragon's Dogma, there was a trailer of that anime game. I already forgot the name. Yeah. Everything that happened before Dragon's Dogma 2 trailer it has been erased. Uh -huh. uh, and I was typing like, oh, this game looks cool. I'm not sure if I can fit another anime game in my life, but I want what this game is serving. And then I turn around because I had it on, my, on the big screen here. And, and I see like the, the font type and I see the griffin mm -hmm. come flying in. And I just tweeted, yeah. <laughs> and then before I could hit like tweet, my notifications was like 20 plus, which is like the max it will display. <laughs> yeah. And like it was just a stream of like people like, is the hashtag is okay? It was so much fun. I had such a blast. Um, 
the brand is strong clearly when it comes to dragons oh yeah but it's very funny to see like all kinds of industry people like losing their mind mm -hmm. for me does uh, capcom so. know the level of hype you have for yeah. this game I, there's one guy at capcom who knows it and okay. he does the data the data reporting he's like an insights person and i was like well there goes your report again and he's like oh you 100 positive uh announcement uh so i'm not sure what he what he's doing uh, right now because i know we have promotion or something like that but they must know at least someone at capcom yeah. knows and so that's that was a lot of fun but yeah no, the trailer nuts right because the last time we saw this was uh the, the whole t-shirt review like we're doing it yeah. Dragon's Dogma yeah. 2. that was um, it was a, last year. Yeah, it was a like year it was... ago. Yeah, it was a, a yeah. summer games fest last year. Which so, so I love that whole thing because it was good. <laughs> just just your Twitter page though, where you you're wearing the sunglasses. You <laughs> photoshopped the Dragon's Dogma yeah. two trait like logo, and then literally the next day they come out and it's like almost identical. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> and I was like, did he? Did he know? <laughs> Did he yeah, know? the leak trailer. Did yeah. you know? No, no, it was just like I just took, uh, and this is, this is the worst Photoshop of my life. I just took Dragon's Dogma, and then I took the the part of the big D, which I cut a strip off, and then I yeah, used it twice to make a two symbol Ooh, out of just easy. the strip of the letter D. It wasn't like not very sophisticated, oh. and then I just put it on, and then you can still see like the the windows picture you know and you open a jpeg on you, you, like it's it's super low effort but it was funny but i tweeted it for like six months every time there was a showcase oh, i yeah. posted that picture me watching future games or me watching the game worth and then it finally happened and, it, and that was fun but then a year later people were like ah, there's no way that we're gonna maybe like a cgi trade or whatever but no full gameplay bam 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 yeah, yeah. and it just looked so so good um to me, it has the potential to clearly become my next favorite game because it looks like everything I liked about Dragon's Dogma, prettier, bigger, and like even wilder. Yeah. Um, from a uh, character models are great. Uh, RE4, uh, the story, what I'm getting seems interesting because there, there's this line like, "Oh, if he's just a mummer, what happened to our real Arisen?" Mm -hmm. um, and the thing is, and this is like deep Dragon's Dogma lore, if you get the right ending in Dragon's Dogma, what happens is you become the new um, Shanagal, Shen I, I forget the name, uh, and then you give your body to your pawn, so your pawn disappears, uh... and their being come become you become the pawn basically, so they can live a free life for the first time. Wow. Um, so what I'm assuming is going to happen, your old pawn is now in your oh, body, who people yeah. recognize as the Arisen, uh, but you are no longer there. You're the Seneschal. That's uh, really interesting. Up and above. So I, th I think that's the angle. And what I'm super excited about, and a couple of games have done this recently, God of War and uh, Zelda, where they take the same world and it's just like slightly advanced. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm super excited to to go into that world again and see what has changed, like the dynamic of like for sure actual change in the world. Because uh, in the end of Dragon's Dogma, the whole town disappears, right? Mm -hmm. It all goes into into the abyss, and it doesn't look the same. I think you see a shot of Grand Sora in there, and there's a new statue of like a dragon slayer. So I'm super super hyped uh, to see what this is gonna be. Um, no release date, of course. Uh, that's for a reason. I see. This is funny when you 
like do marketing campaigns, right? People, mm, you go yeah. online and people are like, oh, no, no release date, no gameplay, no this. <laughs> no, that is specifically not done because everybody forgets about a game 20 seconds after they see it. Like that news cycle dies immediately during a showcase. Mm -hmm. So why would I put all my information in one trailer and then not talk about it until December or whatever this game comes yeah. out? No, you're going to have another milestone news cycle release date uh, gameplay like that is the reason why we spread these things out i still hope for a 2023 release um one because i get to play it sooner and two because it's in my fantasy critic league <laughs> <laughs> because i could not not pick it i think it was my first pick um so i'm super excited like it it just looks so good yeah so i don't know if you remember this but i think capcom stated that they're expecting this to be like their highest like sale or profits fiscal year like ever in like the history of the company so like yeah. oh just i don't of street know if, fighter and yeah street fighter probably helping a little bit yeah there. resident yeah. four and i i guess the fiscal year goes to like march of 2024 it's so basically just know. started yeah yeah if dragon's dog was part of that plan maybe uh possibly Damn, new monster hunter you know so like i i could see it coming out by march yeah if it's, yeah you know, that uh, would be crazy i, I wouldn't try it but but like this was leaked like years ago, right? This was yeah. supposed to be a 2021 or 2022 title. And mm. Oh, really? I didn't know moved. that. Well, I don't sure how much uh, credit you have to give those leaks, but it was uh, in their financial report that leaked a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. It was mm -hmm. like uh, Dragon's Dogma is uh, this amount of money um, forecasted for this period. So people assume. Yeah. I'm so glad that Dragon's Dogma doesn't like it gets a second chance because yeah yeah well did you watch the anime <laughs> I did the first three episodes Forehead were kind of good right yeah and then they went like weird fan service like titties flopping out everywhere monster of the week monster of the week would have worked for me to be honest but they kind of made it a little weird and they kind of moved away from like what the story was about like it doesn't have to be the same i, do, I don't didn't want to retread specifically mm -hmm. um and i think the ending was still kind of cool yeah. but it just it was all over the place quality wise and those just yeah. too bad i think they could have done some interesting stuff with that um but yeah uh um i gotta know what is your like go-to favorite vocation from the first game magic archer yeah and every time good. i replay this because i replay this all the time i said okay now i'm gonna do something else and i always end up magic archer because it's just such good. a cool class i just, just love like the ability where you put down like an arrow that emits light because it's yeah. just you, you use that like all the all the time it's yeah good stuff. Uh, well Man, you, you, that... you have to ricochet uh lightning arrow and if you mm -hmm. go to like bitter black isle you, all these narrow hallways and you just fire three of them in the hallway and everything dies is such a Cool class, setting yourself yeah, on fire yeah. and then climbing. Like it has all the cool. I don't know why they made one class with all the cool shit in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're uh, here, this podcast, if I play Dragon's Dog, I pick Magic Archer. Um, yeah, I was just thinking of the parallels to Zelda because so few games do the thing where it's like there's an environment that's literally pitch black and you cannot see if you don't have a light source. And yeah. Dragon's Dogma kind of stood out as one of the first games I ever saw that did that. And not yeah. a lot of games have done that since then. Um, yeah. And yeah, so it's like you got to have a torch. You got to have your light arrow to stick in the wall, very much like using the bright blooms and stuff in the new Zelda yeah. game. So yeah, no, cool. it, it, that is, is super cool. And and especially in the, in the Bitter Black Isle, like the end game Dragon's Dogma is just so good. It is so good. 
and then if you go through the sewers and it's so dark and you don't have light source and it's wet everywhere so your lantern goes out if you run under a waterfall and then you're like because it yeah. takes you to like <laughs> unequip it and re-equip it before you can light it again unless you shoot that light arrow which is just so cool i know yeah. i i cannot wait because this was a tw- 2012 game right right so mm-hmm. we didn't have the fidelity that we have today so seeing like dynamic lighting on a ps5 or modern pc yeah that was nice even better uh, yeah than it ever could have been i have a quick question about uh the the first game did sure. did it have like levolution and destructive environments i know it had some mm. things like you could like drop a boulder on like enemies and stuff yeah you can like break boxes and stuff but it's yeah. not like a huge part like in that trailer we see we see a monster stomp on like i think it's like a yeah. troll or something stomp on a bridge and the bridge falls out from under you but yeah. it's not just yeah. like the bridge breaks in at a specific part or uh, at like yeah it looks like simulated physics yeah, like, yeah. it looks yeah. like the part where they stomped broke that part of the bridge and now it's leaning uh on on that yeah. side that was broken so yeah. how how deep into the the simulated physics and like destructible environments do you think they're going to go with for uh Dragon's Dogma 2 I think 2? that might be like one of the main places where they like level up the game compared to yeah. the original so yeah, you could yeah. see the desire to do stuff like that in the first game of like how dark it was and needing the light and like getting wet, like putting out your lantern and like, you know, making like ice and lightning attacks more powerful. And yeah, so you could see uh, like I think the the bridge thing uh, is very deliberate because later on you see a skill where you like create a bridge. Um, yeah, like, ice. like a light bridge or an ice bridge or whatever it was. Yeah. So them breaking bridges must be a thing that mm. adds to mm. uh, like what character you pick. Um, so that way you can get to place you otherwise couldn't. And that's what I liked about Dragons Around One. Character creator actually had was more than just what your character looked like. So if you picked a very big chunk oh, of character, yeah. you could carry more stuff, but you were slower. And you could not go through certain passageways that if you picked a small nimble character you could go to cracks in the walls and stuff and it, it probably only worked like twice that that mm. actually had a function but i hope they're leaning into that specifically mm-hmm. like like that whole cat race that they in, introduced mm. they probably can do something they can probably talk to other characters that you uh, if you yeah. don't pick the character cannot do like stuff like that i'm expecting hoping they're you just reminded me of the height thing uh you literally can like avoid the whole thing where like if you get in waist deep water it puts out your waist mounted yeah. lantern because you're so tall that the lantern is above the water level yeah so just it's stuff like that you super know super cool yeah yeah but um, yeah. yeah no it, it, like obviously it looks great i'm super excited about it i hope it does well um so i can start hyping up dragon's dogma 3 uh <laughs> after that uh, i Will hope it's it there um, and a lot of people are like, oh, I w- I hope they do, they do co-op, and they like I hope they, they and instead of pause, you can actually play together. I hope they don't do that at all because it's gonna change everything what that game is. Like the beauty of that is having that pawn and building a bit of a relationship with that pawn because they 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 match your playstyle. If I can just yeah, bring I forgot that was in, the whole thing. Like you have to rebalance everything like mm-hmm. you have to rebalance because if you co-op and you go this way and i go that way like how does the game generate that world right uh a pawn is always with you in the same yeah. place as you are yeah uh, I, I get 
how attractive it looks to just say like, oh, four player co-op because you can have a team of four. I know, man, like a boss fight is going to be stupid easy if you all bring your main character because there's a reason yeah, why you're talking magic can only be, at it <laughs> exactly like, there's a reason why you're talking only be one of the starting classes um but we'll see like i i i get it like there, there's yeah. a reason why dragon's dogma online did not do well and that's mm-hmm. probably part of that but i'm just so hyped to see that world again because uh, mm-hmm. you saw a couple of things like the the big wall that, that you end the game on, basically where, where the where yeah. the dragon is. It looks like there's now a town in front of that gate. You know, there's yeah. all these little throwbacks um, to what it can be. I hope they bring back Bitter Black. Uh, I hope it's that they support the game. Um, mm-hmm. That there that there is that I can play it for quite some time. Yeah. Uh, I thought maybe I should stream it, but I don't think I want to stream it. I just want to play this for myself. First. Oh yeah, just soak it in. Uh, yeah, and then I will build the best pawn in the world, <laughs> and then speedrun it. Yeah. my pawn, and then speedrun it. I'll be picking yeah. up your pawn. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, the, the hound will return. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, Kaden, uh, yeah. as a as a monster hunter fan, what oh, yeah. what like what does this game mean for you? I mean, this is like uh, you know maybe aside from the Horizon games, like the next best like monster hunter game out there you know like the original dragon stop and the monster Hunter series like if you want to fight monsters and you know they they have this whole system that's amazing where you can crawl like shadow of the colossus style all over the monsters and like stab them in the weak points and there's like crazy things you can do where like if you're fighting a cyclops in the first game they have like moves that like put themselves off balance like they do this big like spinning haymaker and they're like balancing on one foot and then if you jump on them right at that moment it like throws them just off balance enough that they fall to the ground and stuff like that so yeah that was one of the major draws of the first game to me was just the experience of like these are like you know, it's it's an experience fighting these monsters like a, a little yeah. boss like it is in Monster Hunter. So I'm really excited to see all the new monsters they have. Like that Medusa thing they showed looked incredible. Yeah, there's uh, some stuff that is from online, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. Like the Medusa and, and the giant, like um, the bird lady there. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's going to be great. Like, man, I cannot tell you. I am, I can tell you. I have been telling everybody how excited I'm about this game. Yeah. Uh, I, I Like I said, I just hope that after the, there's like a hundred me's that are screaming about how good this game is. Yeah, yeah, it's the second um, chance. Uh, but I, I, uh, I will always say Dragon's Dogma One is a fantastic game. The first two hours are are rough, man. Like a lot of people yeah. bounce off. Yeah, uh, I bounce off of that as well in the beginning because it was on PlayStation Plus, so it was a free game. I played it when I was like, eh, this doesn't really do it for me. And that's a, it's a lot easier to bounce off a free game mm-hmm. than it is when you spend 60 bucks and then you're, oh, I'm going to see this through. And then all of a sudden, the best game in the world opens yeah. up like after the first two hours, right? Uh, so I'm glad I returned to it when I had nothing else about it. I was like, oh, I think I'll give this another try. I mean, at least it's only like two, three hours instead of some games where it's like, oh, you got to get yeah. past like the first like 10, 15, 20 hours yeah. and then it really gets good. Like Final Fantasy yeah. 14. It's like, or yeah, just get past the first 80 hours. Like it's Near Automata, too. I, I'll keep saying, I know it's a great game, but when you say, yeah, you have to play through A, B, and C to really appreciate story, like, well, do you know? Do you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, so can't wait. I mean, I, I shocked Wes because I we got the Metal Gear Solid Three reveal before the Dragon's Dogma Two trailer, yeah. and I was like hyped out of my mind for that. And then 
when they showed the Dragon's Dogma 2 trailer, I was just kind of like, metal who? Like, it yeah. just, <laughs> I, I really can't wait. It looks awesome. Yeah. yeah no. So, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good year. Like, the gamers are yeah. eating well. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. I don't want to turn this into the, the PlayStation showcase recap, but Caden, yeah. what did you think of Phantom Blade Zero? Oh, I mean, it looked cool. I've been skeptical of these games because um, there's been this like weird trend of seeing these games that are coming out of like Chinese and Korean development studios. Like uh, one was like Black Myth Wukong, like looked yeah. amazing. And they just seem to just like never come out and then go dark. So, I mean, it looks amazing and I hope it comes out. But if yeah, if it comes out, I'm I'm there. It looks incredible. It looked so, so. cool, dude. Just like seeing like the parkour elements. I've been wanting like a really good like yeah. third person like parkour game uh, have you played Sekiro? No, i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> hopefully it's not that hard but cool yeah thanks for sharing your thoughts about dragon's dogma 2 with us well and... anytime literally anytime like you go wait, wait, wait yeah. how, how, how you feel about dragon's dogma well let me tell just you how I feel about you daily on twitter <laughs> yeah. how, how are your feelings about dragon's dogma 2 um cool so yeah uh with that we'll move on to the pitch All right, gentlemen, it is time for the pitch. We're in a handful of us panelists. We'll have two minutes to present an elevator pitch on a game they've been playing. All the rest of us decide if we would ba- buy the game or not based on the elevator pitch. <laughs> um, I believe all three of us may be pitching this week, but Jonah, may I nominate you to be first up to the pitchers? Oh, now? I suppose so. <laughs> Let I me so. pull up my little timer for you here. Come on, phone. Please load. Timer. Two minutes. This is gonna be Battery like a, saver warning. A legacy <laughs> itch, I I suppose. Okay. Since this is going back to what's brewing into my in my brain. I won't be pitching Zelda, I promise. I'm excited. Well, three, two, one, pitch. Alright. Let's go back to good old twenty sixteen when this game released. This is hmm. one of my all time favorite platformers i absolutely love this game it has insanely good combat like combat designers from i'm talking about like that are that are known for just making their the best gameplay they possibly can be and then pioneering some of the the best movement in a first person shooter this game kind of created the wave for us to have grappling in third person, first person, and honestly, a lot of like side scrollers and platformers, they just like, they were one of the ones to pioneer grapple hooks in it. It was super awesome. This game has one of the best stories, buddy cop, <laughs> character campaigns that you possibly can go through. It, goes through really high highs the levels are amazing and you really get a good feeling for the characters they got great voice acting um matt mercer voice acts the main character it's super awesome 30 seconds and with my last 30 seconds we'll just go into the 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 multiplayer this game has some of the best multiplayer that i have played and they've they've branched out in the franchise in one way and i really got into that way for a little bit but i just want them to bring it back and 
it's kind of struggling with bringing it back but it's got pvp and pve and it's freaking amazing that's where i'll leave it Time. all right uh well i heard buddy cop action multiplayer shooter the only game that I think you could possibly talk about, Matt Mercer voices a character, incredible voice actor. You have to be talking about Resident Evil 6, right? That's what, what's we're Oh, about. absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. could agree more. <laughs> incredible 10 out of 10, greatest game of all time. It's in my goddamn list. Yeah. So, is, uh, he, is Matt Mercer in I think I want to say he he voices Leon in Resident Evil 6, uh, but oh, I might be wrong. That's right. I think he yeah. does. Yeah, they like oh. switched. And like. The, the last voice actor, I think his name was also Matt, so it was, like, very confusing and weird, but whatever. And then they got a different one, so... Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, say first-person shooter, buddy cop story, grappling hook, movement. I mean, movement's one of my top things in a video game. You know, if you got good movement, you could almost have, like, nothing else in the video game and I'll be it, happy. It doesn't you know? have good movement. It's got the best movement. The best. The yeah, best okay. so, so I think I'm in. Well, do you have any thoughts rolling around in your head about this? No, I just hear grappling hooks and it basically sells me to begin with. Like, I will play yeah. any game with a good grappling hook system. The Legend uh, of Zelda, Ocarina of Time. Yeah. <laughs> I I also count Spider-Man as grappling hook. Oh, oh yeah. Grappling, yeah. That's like grappling hook the game. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, what have we bought with our hard-earned cash, Joe? The nice thing is you don't have to buy this if you have Game Pass Ultimate because it Ooh. is part of the EA Play stuff. It is Titanfall 2, baby. Taking us back, yeah. That single-player campaign it still holds up. I yeah. mean, it's like if you're a new gamer and you want to see like classic first-person shooter campaigns, I mean, it's got to be at the top of your list. They've you got... ever played that one well? No, I've never played any of the Titanfall games. Yeah, I know it's good, but I just never. I'm just not really good at those type of games. Mm. Um, so I, I, I think like I'll play and then I think, oh, I'm good. I'm gonna go in the online lobby and I'm like, no, no, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> See, well, no, if, if I'm going to sell you on this game, I'm not going to yeah. sell you to go play... It's honestly, the campaign. I, yeah. I'm not going to sell you to go play the multiplayer because, sadly, this is a dead game and mm. EA just cares more about putting their money into Apex Legends. Mm -hmm. um, find this game for as cheap as you possibly can and play the campaign. The campaign yeah. is amazing. It is so good. I mean, that was my experience with it. I just played the campaign, and it was incredible. Um, cool. Any final thoughts on Timefall, Jenna? Go play it, please. Let's go. All right, thank you for that pitch. Uh, I'll put the ball in your court, Wout. Are you ready to step uh, to the pitcher's mound? Yeah, I'm going to change course, because I did not clearly understand the assignment. I did not. <laughs> oh, okay. So I'm going to be mysterious about another game that I would not pitch. I mean... Ball. The, the listeners may have forgot about what you mentioned earlier, so feel yeah, free to still pitch maybe. the same game you had in mind. But either way, 3-2-1, yeah. pitch. Okay, so imagine a class-based shooter. Oh, I love classes. person shooter uh, made with like characters you know and love, but then huh? picture their friends instead of the characters hmm. themselves. Hmm. But they're just as badass. They are just as strong. And they can kill legions and legions and waves and waves of enemies. Um, and then it's an extraction point shooter. Basically, that's what it comes down to. Okay. Not okay. you just don't have a gun. You can turn yourself into the bullet if you want to. Ooh, you can throw what? grenades. You can generate grenades. You 
and can force choke. You can slam people <laughs> in the walls. It is straight up amazing. And then in the end, all your efforts are actually for the greater good. So every time you have a kick-ass round of this game, you support something bigger than yourself. Um, it is one of the most beloved franchises, I believe, um, in, in, wow. in this industry. Um, and it's just a tiny part of it. And I wish you could still play it, but it's probably impossible to find a lobby for this at this mm -hmm. point. And please, I hope they bring this back as a standalone because it was so, so good. And it's been utterly ignored in a recent remaster uh, of uh, what Dang. it was part for. Uh, and it's not uh, factions, in case you were wondering. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 30 seconds. Uh, no, that's, that, that's, I think it's kind of it. Like, uh, so Extraction Shooter huge array of guns and superpowers basically superpowers uh, that you can use uh, i'm so curious because i can't think of what this might be in a movie, I have obviously, no but you no. said the phrase you said the magic words you can turn yourself into the bullet and that's all you basically, need to say yeah. baby i yeah. mean See, like i'm in <laughs> when he said that i thought he was talking about knockout city and i was like oh no. dude i want to like, go play knockout city again <laughs> Imagine propelling yourself forward as a bullet and then just slamming into the ground and creating a giant explosion with your own yeah. super yeah. body. Like, it is so, it feels so good. It I want to have good. a super body that makes explosions. Yeah. Finish it off with a shotgun, <laughs> get to the extraction point, get out of there. It is fantastic. And you do have a super body that produces explosions. Thanks, bro. <laughs> well, any final uh, words, Jonah, about the game before uh, it's revealed? I'm, I'm super curious. I'm, I'm in. I, I'm, I'm, I'm like a little bummed shot. that there there probably isn't like uh, lobbies for you to hop in and play in, but like I'll still check it out if if I can. Yeah, just talk about Timefall. Yeah. You want to know what it is? Oh, yes, yeah. Sir. Mass Effect 3 multiplayer. Whoa! It was <laughs> so good, man. That oh, man, so what a good. take. Wow, that I mean, was not what I was expecting. To be fair, this is the first time I ever heard anyone talk about it, so I have no context and if it's actually good or not. I was fiend so. in that game. Yeah. I was like, I wish I I was a streamer back then because I was I played that for so much and it was so good, man. It was so much fun. Oh, I wish man. they would bring back. And when they I'm did the remaster, let's please. Yeah. I, I was like hyped. I was like, yes, multiplayer coming back. It's so good. And they were like excluding multiplayer. I was like, no, the best part. Yeah. Of the game. No, disrespect to Miss Factory. I still love that game, and I think it gets too much hate for what probably it is. some uh, modded private servers on PC still. Or oh something yeah, I'm like sure that, it, but, there is. Yeah. But the, the, like, I, I, I sometimes when I talk about loot boxes. I think that was one of the few games that did it well. Like you mm -hmm. could get a lot of that stuff generated from just playing lots and lots and lots. Yeah. You could like speed up your process and spend a thousand dollars. And then if you would be teamed with someone like a will, you were like, yes, we got will power in this team. Baby. <laughs> uh, so it didn't hurt anyone. Um, yeah, no, that game was so good. So good. So underrated. So overlooked. Um, and then uh, the more you played, the more resources you generated for your campaign, like in mm -hmm. the main story. Oh, uh, okay. Like it was one of your war assets if you played a lot of the... Very cool. It's like Metal Gear Solid Five. That's sort of. cool. It's like some so tie-in. So good. That's amazing. Yeah, See, first thing I'm doing after this podcast is going to YouTube and watching some matches. Yeah. <laughs> this is why I love having WoW on is because he's going to talk about some deep cut stuff that like very Dragon's few Agua, people have Spectre played. Multiplayer. Like, yeah. It's just super niche and I, I, I'm here for it. I'm always here for it. It's so great. It's so good, man.
All right. Well, uh, with that, I suppose, Joan, if you want to count me down for my pitch. I got you, baby. You got two minutes on the clock. Three, two, one, pitch. Okay. This is about a world uh, in crisis. Apocalyptic event. Um, a, a dark god attempting to destroy all civilizations on the face of the world. And the remnants of that world protected by a benevolent god that protectively seals them in uh, like pokeball style pocket dimensions, if you will. You're one of the last surviving uh, people in the world and you've been given the special power of this benevolent god to go around and collect these little pocket dimension spheres that contain the remnants and the people that uh, were saved from the destruction of the dark god. And so the game becomes like a town building simulator where you collect these little uh these little little pokeball things with people and animals and buildings and objects in them and you go to work uh rebuilding the towns and the people have like they they have like requests of you uh to rebuild the town not as it was but in their perfect vision for the town so you your your quests in the game are like fulfilling the requests of the people that you save and like you know maybe someone in the town's like a fisherman and he's like well i, I always would have loved it if my house was like by the pond so you like you put his house back right next to the pond and then like there's like another girl that has like a sweet tooth and she's like i really would have loved it if I, I if i had been able to live like next to the bakery uh or the you know the pastry shop so you, you fulfill her you fulfill her fantasy of put there's like a you know a worn out mom with four kids and she lives next to these two bros that are always working out and fighting and make a lot of noise she's like can i just live on the opposite end of town from them and you can make that Time. fantasy a reality you heard it here first, folks. Caden making everyone's fantasies realities. Yeah. The man of our dreams. <laughs> I thought I had it at some point. I was like, is this Starlight Valley? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I have no idea. I, I could see. Is. I could think yeah. that. Uh, what what What's like some of the gameplay like in this game? Is it just, is it kind of like Stardew where you're... Uh, building uh, I, i've hidden a, a loop from you uh the game is actually also uh, an rpg dungeon crawler so oh. you go into dungeons and Why kill monsters to recover <laughs> the little magic spheres that have the people and houses trapped in them and then you go back to the surface and you start really rebuilding town so you have this loop where it's like go in the dungeon get more stuff come back up start rebuilding the town some more go back in the dungeon so all right mm. Yeah, I'm I'm in. This this kind of giving me like Moonlighter vibes too, and I'm also Oh yeah. It's very similar, except you're rebuilding a town instead of running a shop. If it's on Game Pass, I'll try it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry to disappoint both of you that in order to play this game, you have to go on eBay and get a PS2 copy or emulate it on PC because it's Dark Cloud for the PS2. Oh my God. Actually, Dark I think Dark Cloud is Dark Cloud and Dark oh, Cloud. Oh, it's 2. on the PS4, yeah. Yeah. You can play it on Psych. The... Psych. Go uh, oh. pick it up for, you know, 20 bucks or whatever on the PS4 if you got one. So I've um, heard so many people talk about this game. Yeah. Is 2 as good as 1 or does it kind of do the sequel flop? There's some uh, give and take with them. Um, 
the sequel kind of cleans up some issues with the first game a little bit where the first game you have like six party members and each have like one weapon and you're constantly having to like switch between them to like interact with puzzles and it's really annoying and the second game cut it down to just two characters that have access to all the weapons so you're not going to oh, do as much character okay. swapping but i think the story of the second game kind of sucks <laughs> but uh, here, here's the thing i'm just gonna be straight you guys i think that dark cloud probably actually doesn't hold up and like anybody who played it now would just kind of think it sucks and is mediocre move on but i just like have those nostalgia tinted glasses because i played it so much but it's one of those games that like i have that nostalgia of and you know i'll replay it every you know year a couple years so it's just like a, a comfort food game for you me you did replay so. it somewhat recently right yeah i think within the past like, sometime after the lockdown i played it at some point so you know? I mean, you say you have the rose tinted goggles, but like, have yeah. you, you have played it somewhat reasonably. <laughs> I think I'm just like up? self aware enough where I, I'm enjoying it and it's holding up for me. And I'm like, oh yeah, I love this, but I could totally see how everybody else would just think okay. this would suck. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Like, here's, here's an example. Um, the game has this mechanic where you uh, infuse like, gems into your weapons to increase their statistics and when their statistics get high enough you can like level the weapon up and it like evolves like a pokemon into like a cooler looking sword but the weapons have durability much like a certain other <laughs> game we may know of recently and if you aren't paying attention and you let your weapons durability bottom out your weapon just breaks it is destroyed and gone forever which is also like that in breath of the wild but the weapons are a dime a dozen in that game this is like if your Pokemon died in Pokemon and was just gone forever. You know, oh, like it's like it's really harsh. <laughs> yeah, like your weapons that you've spent hours like evolving into stronger versions of itself yes. have permadeath. So um, yeah. I never played this game, but I think I remember the box art. Is it like the, like the green little walking guy with a bandana and like <laughs> yeah. holding an orb or something like that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The I don't know, why, I, too, I don't know so. why I know what it looks like because I've never played this game. But yeah. I, I, I know what the, what the, mm. the cover looks like. Yeah, yeah the, I think it's, it's pretty like much a magazine like, cover too at some point. Yeah. yeah. I think the main character is like Discount Link. He's just like a little dude with a tunic <laughs> yeah. and like a green hat and he uses a sword. So yeah. he doesn't speak either. Um, yeah, but, uh, you know, I love the game. All the music are, like, earworms. I get attached to leveling up and evolving my weapon. It's fun. Uh, I, I just don't think a lot of other games have come out that have, like, the same kind of system of, like, rebuilding the town, and it's just, like, really satisfying to me. Yeah. But, yeah, good stuff. Check it out on PS4. Totally forgot was a thing. Thanks for that one, Jonah. Yes, sir. Uh, cool. Thanks for the pitches, boys. And with that, we'll move on to the game. Alrighty, we're back. I'm standing in for our resident game master, Steven. I uh, hope you get better, buddy. At home without my green. Uh, but this week, our game is video game trivia, where I'll be asking your two glorious contestants here, Jonah and Wout. Uh, <laughs> At least one glorious contestant. Yeah, it's a, it's a one-on-one <laughs> duel here. Uh, 15 Jeopardy-style questions about video game trivia. Um, please call your name if you think you know what the answer is at any point. And then give me your answer, and then the other person will have a chance to steal. Starting off, question number one. Either of these two characters were the first non-Nintendo characters to appear in a Super Smash Bros. title. Huh. There's two answers here. 
and you can choose wow, either Sonic. one or both. There you go. Ooh. The other acceptable answer would have been Solid Snake. I was, I was thinking Solid Snake. Got it. All right. First blood from WoW. Question number two. Dating back to ancient times, this egg-shaped wind instrument appears in the title of a famous Nintendo 64 game. Gonna. What is yes. an ocarina? You got it. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, yeah. oh. Egg shape. I, I, yeah. I, had, I had to get that one or else I would have lost my Zelda <laughs> credit the, the and question. I would have had to get this yeah. like laser tattooed. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking like, skid crafted off. Like a dream game with the egg. I was still thinking Zelda. Yeah. I was game. thinking like Berserk Daylit Eclipse, you know. Um, all right. Question number three. This video game franchise debuted in 2001 as a hybrid real-time strategy and puzzle video game centered on part collecting for a crashed rocket ship with the help of plant-animal hybrids. Oh, Jonah. Uh, what is Pikmin? You got it. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, I never played Pikmin. <laughs> Me neither. I was, I was super confused. I was like, what? Yeah. And I kind of forgot about Pikmin 4, but I guess they'll be ramping that up probably around well, summer games best you, time you know a console seller pikmin 4 yeah uh shout out to a friend of the show jimmy good check out his youtube channel for those theme park vlogs this question is inspired by him um let's see here released in 1999 this was the first video game to prominently feature taking pictures with a camera as the main focus of the game wow pokemon snap Ooh, got very it very nice very nice <laughs> Question number five. This commander leads a troop of the villains Larry, Morton, Wendy, Iggy, Roy, Lemmy, and Ludwig. Wow, Bowser. Mm, I'm interested statement. Final answer. Bowser. Skids, but who, who's the boss? Um, you have a chance to steal, Jonah. I don't think it... Is it King Koopa? Is that the... And I will give Wild half a point. 0 0.5 is officially on the uh, scorecard. It's Bowser Jr. I almost oh, really? said Bowser Jr. Yeah. yeah. Easy, easy slip up. Easy slip up. He's uh, commander. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know he was the commander. The yeah. troop of Koopa Troopas. Um, all right. Question number six. Say that sometimes fast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Balloon Burst, Bombs Away, Treasure Divers, and Hand Car Havoc were all part of what 1998 video game? The first in its franchise. Sounds like a game that might have a lot of mini-games. I don't know. Well, point blank? No, that's a great answer, though. Chance uh, is still, Jenna. Is it Mario Party? It is. Oh! Head by half a point. Let's see if I can get another half point to Could catch up. Could be a light gun game. Could have been. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, number seven. This 1995 point-and-click adventure is based on the short story of the same name by sci-fi author Harlan Ellison. It features a cruel artificial intelligence torturing the five remaining survivors of a global apocalypse. You can see we've taken a left turn from Nintendo. <laughs> I'll be surprised if you guys know this one. Can you read it again one more time? I... I... Of course. This 1995 point-and-click adventure is based on the short story of the same name by sci-fi author Harlan Ellison. It features a cruel artificial intelligence torturing wow, the five... Space Odyssey 2001? No, that's... Nah, is, did yeah. they make a video game of that one? I don't know. But, that's but, that's but the only answer. artificial intelligence I can yeah. <laughs> Do you have any guess at all, Jonah, or is this I... just... Uh... 
I have no idea. Yeah. This came this out when I was you. born. Oh, true. Yeah. Um, this game is called I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and the cover art's really disturbing. It's like a man who's been melted into like a slime creature with like Neo mouth from when like yeah. his mouth is sticking together or whatever. That's hot. Um, I like that. Deep cut. All right. Um, number eight. In July 2021, an original Nintendo Entertainment System cartridge of this old school fantasy game sold for... Eight hundred and seventy thousand U.S. dollars. Additional clue. Oh, okay. Go. No. <laughs> it's dangerous to go to an auction alone. Okay, okay Jonah. I, I'm <laughs> guessing just. I. I'm guessing just because it is the special cartridge. It's got to be the original Legend of Zelda. You got it. Were you gonna say that before the tip anyway? Yeah. Sleuthed it out. I was okay. gonna say like Final Fantasy One or whatever. Yeah, yeah. There's a I, lot I of. I remember these. the golden cartridges. That was cool, man, back in the mm -hmm. day. Yeah, shame on all these people though. It's that it's that racket where they there's like a circle of like investors that are buying and selling their own games yeah. to like drive up the cost so that other people eventually get scammed. And so then did it sell for that much? Because it was like still in box and wrapper, and it was well, like in mint condition. In or? part, it did. For that reason, but also for what I just described, where a bunch of like insiders were like on purpose buying and selling their retro games to each other to drive up the price, so then an outsider would come in and oh. you know they'd get FOMO and like buy it for like a lot of money. So and then they just appeared to the ether like, hey, hey, hey I got my hundred seventy thousand dollars, you idiot. Um, all right, number nine. <laughs> the original Konami code gave you thirty of these if used while playing Contra. About lives. You got it. Yep, that was before before my time. While closing the gap, only half a point behind. Uh, number 10. Genetically mutated Bandicoot, Crash Bandicoot, is a member of this mammalian infraclass. Oh. Like what kind of animal is he? Is that what you're asking me? <laughs> uh, no, he's a Bandicoot, but a Bandicoot is a member of this mammalian infraclass. An infraclass is like a subclass of a subclass in genetics. Wow, marsupial. You got it. Ding, ding, ding. Oh! <laughs> Pulling ahead. Have a point. All right, number 11. Although early versions featured a character named Ivan the Space Biker, the developer eventually settled on Gordon Freeman as the hero of this game. Jonah, what is Half-Life? You got it. All right. Uh, number 12. Getting near the end here. This young, energetic, violet creature. That's violet as in purple, not violent as in, like, mm -hmm. going to harm you. <laughs> With orange wings, large, curved horns, a spiral-shaped spike on the tip of his wow, tail. Spyro. You got it. Damn. <laughs> I was letting him finish. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Those aren't the rules. You got to play away. You uh, know what? You're right. You're right. Man. <laughs> Number 13. Microsoft later reused the name of this AI sidekick as the name of their own AI assistant product. Uh, Jonah. Yeah. Uh, Cortana? You got it. Yeah. Almost said, I, all, I almost said Katara, but I'm like, no, that's, that's Avatar <laughs> The Last Airbender. Yeah. Is it Katana? No, that's Mortal Kombat. Oh, all right. Number 14, the penultimate question. The M12 Force Application Light Reconnaissance Vehicle, a famous fictional armored fighting vehicle, is better known by this nickname. Well, Mako? Incorrect. Good guess, though. 
Can you read that again for me? Uh, I'll allow you to uh, answer again. Well, because I've got to end this with a additional clue. Is the warthog? Oh, you got it. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, <shut up>. yeah. <laughs> okay, this is a tight game. Uh, because of that half a point earlier, you guys are all tied up except Wild is ahead by half a point. Oh. Stakes could not be higher. Going into the final question. Set in a high fantasy world inspired by Sicily, the player takes on a quest to defeat the dragon Gregorio. Wow, Dragon's this... Dogma. You got it. Oh <laughs> Sorry, Chota. I threw you a couple of Zelda questions. <laughs> you put a oh, man. You put a Dragon's Dogma question as the Just one. There were two Zelda questions. Oh my god. I didn't know it was gonna be a tiebreaker. You always make the last question the tiebreaker question. <laughs> Yeah. Congratulations, Val. You oh, win no well prize. played, sir. Me winning well a trivia game is more rare than you think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that was incredible. Good show to both of you. Those were awesome questions. Other than the weird, yeah. like, man with the <laughs> weird mouth. Waiting, <laughs> that was so I was cool. waiting for a Dragon's Dog. They were like, I bet he joins. Well, just like, Dragon's Dog. Like, if I don't get it, I'm looking like an idiot. Yeah. That's yeah. how I felt All about right. the Ocarina of Time one, dude. If yeah. I didn't pick uh, Ocarina of Time, yeah. I would have. You represented yourselves well. You, you, you're tied up. One person had to win. There could only be one. It, it went as well as it could have gone. Congratulations. Wow. Uh, we made it to the end of the podcast gentlemen pat yourselves on the back we did it it's time for final thoughts um as our guest well i'll give you the floor anything at all that's on your mind or anything you'd like to shamelessly plug yes yours i'm gonna <laughs> yes. straight up chill i'm gonna say I, I, I thought Let's i was go. gonna put this in the game you know what's even better like everybody loves axolotls but you know what's even better than an axolotl an axolotl with a machine gun and oh, I've never thought of this. I'm currently working on. It's called <laughs> Axolotl, but it's spelled A K Zolotl because it's an Axolotl with an A K 47. It's a top-down roguelike shooter. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, it's going to come out later this year. But there's a demo now on Steam. You can play it. The funny thing is, we thought people were going to play this demo for like 20 minutes, so there's no save state whatsoever, and people are like speedrunning this stuff like over <laughs> and over and over again. Um, one of our favorite things about it is that you can find little axolotls like baby axolotls you can raise them. They, have, they, they have different stats and they you know in the full game they all have uh, different uh, affinities and all that kind of stuff it's turning out to be an amazing game it's going to be an absolute banger keep an eye out for it this year if you want to get a, a taste for it on, on what it's going to be like uh try a demo on steam it's free you can just download it it's so much fun um give it a shot what uh what platforms is it going to be uh coming out on and a lot of our listeners uh play on like other Systems. All platforms. All platforms. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Hell That's yeah. Good. Something about. Yeah. Yeah. This game might be like a day one for me. Like just like the premise of a axolotl with AK is just. Like, it's the most so funny. And the like, name dude, not... AK axolotl. Yeah. I love and that. The music, yeah. the music slaps in this game. It's so good. Like it's. <laughs> yeah. This team too awesome is like fantastic. It's it's, it's, it's really really good. It's like Enter the Gungeon. Like people compare with that Enter Gungeon Nuclear Throne type gameplay. Um, mm -hmm. It it's it's so much fun. Yeah. I, I I cannot wait to sell a million copies of the game. Yeah. <laughs> where's the Where's the team based out of? Uh, they're they're a Spanish team, okay. uh, but they Very their cool. head office now in the Netherlands. Uh, but there they have a couple of people all over the world. Um, cool. It's, uh, cool. It's, it's very good. Cool pixelated art style. It's it's. And I'm not sure if you if you've seen the trailer. Go look up the trailer. It's so funny. It's like mm -hmm. David Attenborough style uh, parody. Yeah. And there, there's this one scene because we have like uh, the finishing screens are like all kinds of memes. Uh, and 
the the one that we show in the trailer is like uh, when you defeat the boss you turn into akuma you get like the the japanese wing and then you show the that's the next model. <laughs> uh, and i think the the the, the, kan- the kanji for uh, akuma is like a death by a thousand fists i think and i think we translate it to death by a thousand bullets or something like oh, that it, it's, it's super good yeah. so great sounds like we're having a lot of fun yeah, cool yeah, yeah well so give it, a, it give it a try very cool. Anything else you'd like uh, to pull anything on your mind? Or are you satisfied? No, just buy all our games. Yeah, just buy it all. <laughs> just spend Search your money. Search Playstack yeah, on Exactly, on Steam, Steam and just Ooh. buy everything. Yeah. Ace of the Golden no, no, Idol. We got DLC Gold that just dropped too. Yeah, Switch Gold. just dropped. We got so much good good stuff, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, and if you, you like my nonsense and you want to get like a lot of garbage tweets, then follow me on Twitter at the hashtagonist. And the O is a zero for some reason. Beautiful. Oh, and it's been a pleasure to be back. You guys are. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you so, so, so much. Yeah. Always a pleasure. And uh, Jonah, final thoughts? Uh, Yeah, dude. Um, Well, you didn't get to meet our newest uh, member, Mateo, but Mateo and I are going to be going to PAX. Um, the day after this drops, PAX tickets go live. So we will be seeing you guys at PAX. Hopefully, we'll be able to get our. Um, our media badges so we can go in as media and provide a lot of awesome coverage for you guys uh, i'm super stoked about that i've already talked to people so i'll be going up with mateo and we get these media badges we're gonna have like a camera crew and everything going up with us it's gonna be super awesome um if you would like to support our community you can financially support our community. There are two ways you can do it. You can go to our Redbubble store and get one of these sweet t-shirts. Or you can uh, be like our good old boy Dan and uh, support us on Patreon. We have several different tiers. Um, yeah. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. And, you know, just share the show around. Well, that's like our biggest thing is we just want more people to hear it because make it for you guys uh well my final thoughts are uh just kind of on the spirit of this episode uh we talked about at the beginning um while giving us such amazing feedback to transform our podcast and really we just can't thank uh you know the people that have supported us uh more uh you may have noticed um keen-eared listeners that we changed up the podcast intro that was Mateo's brainchild uh we just mentioned our patron now uh Dan he runs the uh he does D&D DMing in the discord on uh Mondays you know our logo was done by Hunter Pearson shout out to the brothers Pearson check out their their twitch stream so it's just uh you know, it takes a village, and we really appreciate all the support. But you're forgetting our music man himself. And yeah, he gets credit at the end of. Oh every yeah, yeah. Episode, we don't we don't forget Matt. We don't yeah. forget our our boy Matt Miss Riven, but uh, excellent. Yeah, check music. out the SoundCloud, Miss Riven. Very all right, good. cool. Well, this has been the Great Game Debate Podcast. Uh, I've been your host, Candy Bear Thaline. As always, happy gaming. Bye. Bye. As always, a big thank you to our friend Miss Riven for the music in our podcast. If you like what you hear and you want to check out more of what they have, you can pay them a visit on Twitter at capital M I S T capital R I V E N seven one nine or on Bandcamp at Miss Riven. Thanks again for tuning in. Till next time.